Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. We can find mercy. We can find grace. We can find forgiveness. We find everything that we need when we come before you and we honor you for giving us this free gift of eternal life. It's so wonderful. Just so wonderful. And we honor you and we thank you. Bless us to hear your word today. Bless us to be doers. Let us be determined to do your word, period. And we thank you for this opportunity in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. So today we're going to talk about how you can forgive your way to healing. Forgiving your way to healing. Amen. We need to understand that forgiveness is not... It's not something you grant to somebody like you're, you're a big deal. Amen. Actually, forgiveness is, is uh, delegated to us from God. God is the one who initially forgives everybody. Uh, when we talk about forgiveness, when we talk about remission, when we talk about releasing people from a debt really is what forgiveness is. We don't owe the debt to each other. We owe it to God. He's the only one holy. He calls the shot. So we broke his law. And so we are forgiven because we broke his law, not because we said the wrong thing and somebody got mad at us. Uh, you know, on a man-to-man level, we're all equals because everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody needs forgiveness and everybody is required by God to forgive. That's a must. If you're going to get anything from God, you've got to have the blood appropriately applied to your life. And it's applied through through repentance. You know, we've got to really let God know that we recognize when we've transgressed the law. That has to be acknowledged as part of our lifestyle and so that we can be corrected and put on the right path again. You don't get on the right path without being corrected if you're wrong. You know, I don't know how you can learn anything if you continue making mistakes and and they're never addressed and corrected. Uh, It's like having a job where you keep getting failing marks on your, your performance, but they never tell you what you did wrong and never help you to fix it. And so it's it's the same thing in God's kingdom. We have to acknowledge it. You know, people are are very, very sensitive about acknowledging their own wrong. Now, they're easily acknowledging of other people's. Amen. (laughs) We slow to pick up on our own, acknowledge and get it. See, the thing about acknowledging, it has nothing to do with with you getting punished for it. See, we're so accustomed to punishment. That when we find something that absolves us from punishment, we're slow to get involved in it because we don't quite trust it. So we're because we're just accustomed to the other thing happening. But God wants us to get accustomed to the free gift of forgiveness and the free gift of eternal life and living in holiness and purity before him and not being ashamed and afraid to say that this is who we are. Amen. We are a holy and a free people because of the blood of Jesus, not because we do everything right and we do things according to the book and we never make a mistake or we seldom make a mistake. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) You know, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. 
Amen. The little foxes spoil the vine. So the fact that you're just a little messed up doesn't mean that, you know, you're better than anybody. <laughs> Amen. It's just, just true. Amen. Hey, women, do you know a little pregnant is still pregnant, right? You got that right? There's a baby coming. So, uh, praise God. So we all on the same page. So, so we just really need to understand that. And forgiveness is a gift to us. It's, there's nothing wrong with admitting your, your mistakes, your faults, your, your, uh, you know, misunderstandings. Uh, the fact that that we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity, we're we're just doing good to even be here, because it could have killed us so long ago. It could have done us in and God. So there's been great mercy afforded to all of us in our lives, and it's because of that forgiveness that we can continue on every day and and uh, understand God's great gift to us. You know, is is and this is what it is. So we'll turn to. Um, why don't you turn to Mark chapter 11 because people really love this scripture. Uh, we can have what we say, but we need to understand that it's contingent upon different, a different attitude for us. The attitude of having what you say has to do with the condition of your heart. See, we're, what we're saying is God's word, but we have to have God's spirit and be in line with God in every way for this to work. And so, you know, I know it's good to confess the word at all times and, and have the word on your lips. But if you're you're constantly struggling over uh, forgiving and, and being offended and being angry and nursing hurts and nursing wounds and, you know, all of that stuff, it's going to be hard for you to, to have what you say because your words are not pure. Because your heart really isn't, see? And so, and it's a good thing that your words don't come to pass out of iniquity because they would be damaging and hurtful to yourself and to other people. So God knows what he's doing. He's wanting to clean us up, get us obedient, so we'll know the blessing of living holy. When you live holy, that means that nobody can blame you of anything. And it's such a freeing feeling. You know, it's it does come with a feeling, a, a contentment and a peace with God that you can't get any other way. Some of these things you can't you can't imitate, can't manufacture, you can't buy. You just have to experience them in God to really understand the freedom, the liberty and the blessing that comes with the blood atonement that comes with forgiveness. And once we really experience it, then we want to to give it to other people. Remember when you were first saved and you told all the people you later on found out you shouldn't have told? <laughs> like your family and, oh, you, you know, and they look at you crazy and, you know, because you're from another realm all of a sudden and you're not ashamed of it. Um, that's the the holiness part. Of, of the atonement. See, we've all experienced it. That feeling of no fear. You're, you're okay. And you have a right to invite other people in. You want them to be okay too, cause you know they ain't okay, cause they're doing the same thing you used to do. And living the same way you used to live. And so you wanna invite everybody in to okay, Bill. 
Amen? Because of the holiness of it. That's your first shot of holiness. Is when you know your sins are forgiven. And you know that God loves you. And you know everything. Until you start messing up again. And that's where the condemnation comes in. That's where the doubt comes in. That's where, and then you find that you got to do a little, a little work to get yourself back over into that realm where you felt the liberty of God and you knew fellowship with Him. And you knew there was nothing wrong with you to keep God away from you and to keep God from blessing you. But then after you walk with God for a little season, the enemy catches up with you, tapping you on your shoulder. Reminding of you of things you didn't do right and all this kind of stuff. And see, this is where we have to fight the good fight of faith and remind him, no devil, I'm forgiven. My sins are forgiven. And you have no right to bring them up to me. The only person who has a right to bring them up to me is God. You understand what I'm saying? And he lives in me and I'm having fellowship with him and you're on the outside. And so we have to fight to maintain this this awareness of our righteousness, this this functioning of righteousness in our lives, and and not be so prone to people's opinions and people's stares and people how they treat us. If you can live in a realm with God, you're totally conscious of Him and not of yourself. So it's better to be God conscious than it is to be self conscious. Amen. Because you gotta love God first anyway. Once you love Him, then He does demand we love our neighbor as ourselves. But if you're constantly looking at your neighbor and wondering about your neighbor and trying to please your neighbor and try to be friends with your neighbor and try to get and leave God out, you have nothing to deal successfully with people. See? You, you've got to have that foundation of God first. And so Mark 11.23 tells us that to have faith in God means that whatsoever you say, that whosoever shall say to the mountain be removed and cast in the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe. See, this is righteousness. There's no other way to look at a mountain, believe it'll move, and not doubt it in your heart unless you're speaking from God's position and you've taken on his righteousness. Other than that, there's doubt because you know it's not humanly possible. So when you start, you start this, it starts out with you being forgiven and you knowing you're forgiven. And therefore, your words become confident in your mouth that this will happen. This will come to pass. This is God. This is him saying this. This is him telling me to say it so that I can be the recipient of it. See, And once you start understanding the power of righteousness, you'll do everything you can to stay in that zone. See, you'll forgive, you know, you, you'll confess anything. You understand what I'm saying? Like the, like the, the, uh, prisoners do when they're under the interrogation light. They stay under that light long enough, they'll confess to everything. You understand what I'm saying? And so it's a good thing. Confession is good for us. It's good for us because it releases our souls from the pressure of condemnation. It's just good to talk to God and say, God, you know what? I don't even know how you blessed me. I don't even know how I made it through yesterday. I just, kind of messed up and in all of that and and uh in and, and just really get down with him and you 
and let that be your focus the majority and out of that then your behavior toward other people is more loving it's more kind it's more forgiving it's it's all of the above so jesus says if if you can get faith in your heart and not doubt and and know that it's on your words you can have what you say lord i thank you all my bills are paid. I thank you. You took care of this Christmas years ago, Lord. This, you know, my situation around this holiday is no shock to you. You've already ready made provision. I expect it. I expect you to lead me to it because you're a good God and you love me and you want me to have joy. You said that you did all of these things that we can have joy and our joy would remain. It would never be taken away from us. So I thank you for my joy and rejoicing in these things. And while we're at it, Jesus, this is your birthday. It's not anybody else's and I celebrate you. You understand what I'm saying? And pull it back into your relationship with God. Always keep that wonderful relationship with the Lord uh, in that you you give him first first fruits out of everything in your life think about him first amen and he says it so therefore I say to you what things soever you desire whatever you want when you pray believe you receive it and you'll have it just believe it's yours and you'll have it amen and when you stand praying forgive got me if you have anything against anybody, if a thought comes to you, somebody you, you refuse to speak to or you haven't spoken to them in a long time and you're glad. <laughs> you know what them situations. Get all, get all the dirt from under the rug. Amen. Just clean house. And let God send them a blessing. Send that person a blessing, Lord. Forgive me for having animosity about something from childhood or whatever it was. And and just I thank you, Lord, that I am forgiven and I forgive them. And just keep it moving. Just move on in righteousness so that you're close to God at all times. And he says here, and this is a warning, if you don't forgive, your father won't forgive you. Well, why is that important? That's everything. Are you kidding me? That's salvation right there. You know, you renew, you, you forfeit your salvation if you hold on to animosity against people. Amen. You're nobody's judge. Amen. God is the judge of all. So we don't have the, the privilege or the, the luxury of hatred, animosity, uh, you know, backbiting, wanting to get even, all that kind of stuff. You know, you see all that kind of stuff floating around social media people saying well god is just separating you're gonna be by yourself pretty soon you keep getting separated from people who beneath you you ain't gonna have nobody pretty soon amen you won't even have god amen because he calls us to live in harmony with one another amen or giving one another amen loving one another there's no love without forgiveness Amen. It's just this little fake stuff and it falls apart real quick. Amen. You ever try your fake stuff and you get exposed? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's so, oh, okay. Well, okay, God, I ain't fooling nobody, have I? So, you know, just put it away and, you know, don't play with that toy no more. God wants the real thing. If you're going to love somebody, he wants you to love them. Amen. So forgiveness releases the power of God. Amen. Forgiveness is the power of God because 
it gave when Jesus forgave the sins of humanity, it released so much power to him. He became Lord of all. He was granted the name above every other name. Amen. All through forgiveness. When he hung on the cross, he was giving forgiving humanity in a real, actual way. And then when he told the Father to forgive them, they don't know what they're doing when he was on the cross. His, his final act was an act of forgiveness. Amen. So that that meant that our beginning act has to be an act of forgiveness because if that was what what bought the kingdom for us we got to operate in that amen no more being up on your high horse and no more fault finding everybody and and all of that and living that lifestyle of being angry and petty and vindictive and you know all them witchy things you know we gotta let that stuff go let them crafts go amen in favor of kingdom living and not be afraid to live fully for god because that's what hinders most people well you know i forgive but i'll forget well you know you just go go to the back of the line till you're ready to start obeying god you know just start over again amen or you know oh yeah forgive people but you don't want to be no doormat see there's no but after forgive forgive is the final word on everything once you forgive you turn everything over to god he can't handle your business until you do that amen and that forgiveness really means trusting him with everything and i mean everything with your feelings, with your, you know, he'll tell you to do something for somebody you really don't want to do because the way they treated you last time around. But you're going to do it anyway because that's what love is. Love obeys God, obeys all of his commandments. We don't avoid anybody. And God gives us these little times like Thanksgiving and Christmas, little holidays where all is forgiven, the ice is broken, you can invite, you know, Babra and them over again. They tore up your house the last time they was over there and ate up everything and took food with them and, you know, brought their own flips. You know, that kind of crowd. And they ain't really close family. You know, them, them the ten removed cousins and they come with their own flips. You know what I'm saying? So you just got love on them. It's, it open the door again. You know, don't, don't, you know, shrink back. You know, like, you say, oh, they took all the, they took all the dressing last time. I'm going to put some back for me. Don't you do that. You already been, see, Poppy, I'm telling you right. Yeah, see, cold busted. You're going to have to lay it all out there and trust God with it. I don't care if it evaporates on the first round. Amen. You got to. You gotta come, you gotta come solid. You know, you gotta bring more than that one little square pan. You gotta get four of them. For some of them people, and get a cup and a straw for the gravy. (laughs) Y'all ever had some of them gravy lovers in there? They get a bowl of gravy and put a scoop of something on, on it. Talking about them people. So you gotta put out the spread and just love them. Amen. Don't even look at what's out there. 
say, Lord, I'm going on a fast after this anyway. I don't need no leftovers for me. Let's just keep it moving. Amen. So anyway, but but this is what love is. It, it's opening up your heart. And it's easy during certain times for us. You know, holidays, it's easy. Because if God has blessed you and given you abundance, it's easy to have more than enough to share and just believe God for more and quit watching everything because the devil will give you a show. You understand me? (laughs) If you're a watcher, man, he'll give you, he'll make you, you'll have to go take an Alka-Seltzer or something halfway through the meal watching everybody. So I quit watching people or just hand out plates and you know, go look out the window or something like that and keep it moving. But it, it's, it's a love thing. You want to, you want people to experience the love of God in your presence. And, and you demonstrate the love of God to people, uh, so that they can understand that you're not a Christian hypocrite. You're a real Christian. Amen? Cause they're looking for hypocrisy. So, and your job is to not let them find any. Amen? And, and, uh, don't resent the fact that people don't quite trust you. <laughs> thinking about the way you used to be they they want to know this thing is real and so god has a way of letting them know it's real you don't have to make any efforts to to explain yourself to anybody just do you and, and be led by god and let god do all of this so so this is the new life that we have it's a life of forgiveness reconciliation you know of uh, being open to Drawing people close to you again, being friends with them, all of that stuff. Uh, you, you, you will start to receive that, uh, when God is, is, when you start to obey God, uh, consistently, you know, not just here and there, you know, forgiving special people and special, if they don't do too much, you know, maybe, you know, stop that. <laughs> stop it. Not doing any, the, the forgiveness you're giving out is borrowed anyway. It ain't, it ain't even start with you. Started at the cross. It started with somebody giving their life. And he's not expecting any less from us. You know, the little bit we have to give up, we should be ashamed of complaining about it. How does it even come close to measuring up to what he did? You got me? We need to be quick to forgive. Amen. Quick to repent. Slow to get angry. Amen. You ever been in a situation where, you know, you felt this is something you felt the your mind went back to when this happened to you before and you remembered how angry you used to get. And you wait for it and it never shows up. And you said, I must be saved. I got to be saved. You understand what I'm saying? That that's the power of forgiveness on your own soul. It washes us clean, cleanses us from dead works. You know what dead works are? Wanting to get even. Wanting to go cuss somebody out. You know, the, looking at the speed dial and wanting to dial their number real quick because somebody called you and just lied on them and told you something you, they said, they, you said, they said about you. Did he say, she say? You got me? You know, you need to delete he say, she say from your phone. Well, anyway, you know. Just borrowing trouble from the devil. Don't nobody listen to him. He's the only one that's mad that you saved. And he can't get you unsaved, but if he can stop you from benefiting from it, he sure will. Amen. He certainly will. 
So the condition for having what you say, the condition for knowing that everything that you're believing for will come to pass has to do with you being forgiving, not willing to forgive, but forgiving everyone that you have something against and asking God to forgive you, amen, for your sins. We break the law all the time. You look at something too long or you want something that belongs to somebody else. You know, you you indict yourself with your own thoughts, your own words, and your own desires. And so, you know, we need to go to God and get desires purified. You know, God, is this right for me? I mean, what do you have for me? I kind of like this kind of stuff. And, and I would like to have some of it. But, you know, if it's going to wreck my life, <laughs> you know, I want to stay close to you. Amen. I want to stay close to you. And so this is, this is how you live for God. You just stay in close contact with Him and, and make sure all of the things that you desire are things that He has for you. Amen. And that's a good life. That's the best life. So then in John 20, we have the beginning of, this is after Jesus is raised from the dead and we have the first experience He gives to the church and the first mandate to forgive. In John 20, verse, we'll start 19. says, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Amen. Jesus came and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. So here they are having a fear conference. And just really to upset them totally, here comes Jesus through the door. It's like they got the door locked so they don't let the Jews in because they're hiding scared from them. And then Jesus just comes through the door. It's like you ain't really hiding. You understand? This little door you think that's keeping you from trouble, this door ain't no problem for the right people. You understand what I mean? And so when he had so said, he said, peace be unto you. When he had said, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Amen. And Jesus said to them, peace be unto you. As my father has sent me, so send I you. My father sent me to lay down my life so that others could know me. Amen. And I'm sending you to do the same thing. And the first thing that's going to prove that you have laid down your life is this. He said, and when he has said this, he said, breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. This was an indwelling Holy Spirit to keep them. As long as they obeyed. So what's the first obedience of a believer? Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. So the Holy Ghost is given to us first and foremost so that we can forgive the sins of others. Amen. The first empowerment after his resurrection was forgiveness. And this is the where he meets all of us. He forgave them right then and there or where they would not have received the Holy Spirit. And then he instructs them to release that to others. We can only give what we have. And how many people 
keep that bottled up because they don't understand the the mandate and the power and just the forgiveness of sins. Once you understand that, you can live pretty much free of any kind of encumbrance, any kind of sickness, any kind of distress on your finances, on your life, any kind of destruction, any kind of peril. Because righteousness, there is no law against it. If people could maintain righteousness, their words would be powerful to receive everything that you need in life and not, and it won't take long for it to get there. It just won't take it. And so many times we're, we're wondering what we yet need to do and wondering what's taking so long and wondering, it'd be very, very easy to say, Lord, if there's anybody that I have not forgiven, please, Reveal it to me. Show it to me. But I forgive whoever that is. And I want reconciliation and peace with that person. That's a first order of business. But see, after you walk with God for a a season and you keep living and you do stuff wrong and it seems not to catch up with you. Anybody been down that street? Thought you was getting away with something or thought God didn't see that or it ain't that important anymore? Well, God never, never promised to step on you if you do something wrong. But he does promise to convict you of it. You know, you'll know within yourself what you've done. If you go any length of time without good close fellowship with God or without, see, we, we kind of have it built into some of the things that we do. When you pray your prayers with your prayer partner, the first thing you're told to do is ask God to forgive your sins. Don't just plunge straight into the feeding trough and think you're going to eat up of God's goodies without acknowledging the blood. That's how you really plead the blood. You take advantage of it for your own sake. Amen. Keep yourself close to God that way. And so God wants us to be the people who remit. Remit means to send away. Amen. It means to remove it from them. So when you forgive someone, you actually relieve them of the burden of sin as well, not just yourself. You do it definitely because you feel lighter after you mouth those words. You feel cleansed because you are. And we have to acknowledge these things as being real, proper things, because if we don't, eventually that sin will find us out. See, we wonder why, you know, you, you'll see people, they have very powerful ministries, then you hear about them doing something wrong, horrendous wrong, we think, you know, uh, had adultery, you know, found out to be bisexual or gay or something like that. And, and it's because of this right here. They haven't kept up with this. They've been living in a world of condemnation, guilt, fear, Anger, resentment, all of those negative forces. But yeah, they still keep keep getting up to preach for a season. You know? And see, this is no evidence that you're right with God. God's just using you. That's his anointing. To put on or take off whomever he wants to. Amen? And so it's always good to keep short accounts with God. It's good to keep, when we say short accounts, we mean to forgive instantly. Anybody who has, has sinned against you. Um, uh, Henry Groover, I know some of you have listened to, you need to just go on YouTube and find some of his teachings and listen to him because he's very powerful in the way he has used, he had this one scripture right here 
that he used and God sent him all over the world to break curses in different countries, redeem land. Uh, land is redeemed because of the blood of Jesus. And he really firmly believes in this. This, this scripture helped him escape certain death on very many occasions. So many occasions. He was, uh, cornered by, God told him to go and walk the streets in a neighborhood. I think it was in Texas somewhere. He's done it in several cities in this country and over in the Middle East as well. And he was cornered by a, a gang member who had a, a switchblade at his throat and threatened to kill him he said what are you doing here this is my territory you don't walk these streets and he said fear just washed over him he said but within he remembered what god told him and he said if if you run into people who are either have sin on them or committing sin against my word he said i want you to forgive them and henry just within himself not out loud verbally. He just within himself said, Lord, please forgive this man. He doesn't know what he's doing. And he said immediately he dropped the knife, put it away, and began to talk to him. And Henry began to talk to the man. Henry said, he said, uh, when the man asked me what I was doing in his territory, he said, I said, I'm, I'm praying. And, and he said, when immediately when I said that, I thought, why didn't work? Did you say that? Why would you tell somebody you're around here praying? What was it? You know, and, and again, he, he said other words that he felt if he were in his carnal mind, in his right mind, he would never have said those things. But as, as the man put the knife away, Henry asked him, he said, well, why didn't you kill me? And he said, immediately when I said that, I thought, are you stupid? Why would you ask somebody? A man put the knife away. He might just decide he wants to kill you after all, you know. But the man kept talking to him. At the end of the conversation, the man broke down and started to cry. And he said, if you're serving God and God's telling you to do this, he said, and I don't want to kill you. He said, I want to know who this God is that you're serving. Led the man to the Lord. He had to drive the man out of of the area where they were he said if my gang members see us together they'll kill both of us so henry had him on the floor in his car drove him out of the area led him to the lord and he said the man for 40 years after that that man preached the gospel led many many gang members to the lord why remission of sins simple remission of sins the same thing that changed you and me will change other people if we grant it to them from the mercy of god see we didn't pay for anybody's sin it doesn't cost us anything to forgive people not a thing all it does is put us in right standing with god and sometimes we need to do more of it so that we can see greater blessings in god you can't tell me this doesn't make a difference in how you think, how your relationship with God, your closeness, the way he trusts you, all of those things. Henry was known to go to, he went to uh, the country of Wales. He found out that the head warlock for all of the witches' covens lived there. The way he found out was that he, God had sent him there to walk the streets and as he walked he would pray. 
And as he saw monuments to Satan and to witchcraft and the occult, he would go and break down those altars. He would just step on them, curse them, and plead the blood of Jesus over that and ask God to remit sins from many generations back to free up that country. Well, in in his doing that in the country of Wales, he came upon the head warlock of at least 70 covens in the British Isles. This is England, Scotland, Wales, and Ireland. And so this man, he was a strong man. He worked for the strong man over that area. The way he met him was the wife was a breeder, what they call a breeder. And she would have babies. She would be undetected in her pregnancy because they were so heavy. And uh, she had had a baby, and God touched her heart. She wanted to keep the baby. She refused to give it up. And and they would sacrifice that child at I think at seven years of age or something like that. And she she didn't let them dedicate the baby. She was beaten many times for it, but she held on. And there was a, a Baptist minister in that area who witnessed to her regularly and he encouraged her. He said, You don't have to give up your baby, Jesus will protect you. Well, the husband caught this minister coming to the house and told him, he said, if you come back here again, you'll be sorry. And the man came back again. And he, the last time his congregation, his family saw him, he was screaming, running through the town. He had lost his mind. Well, the same day that he ran away, Henry showed up that morning at the church. He said, I was just wanting to rest. And I went in this church and I came in. The people told me this story. He said, and God told me how to win this area over and break the witch's coven curse off of it. He said, and I wound up leading both her and her husband to the Lord, and the little boy that they had was led to the Lord. Both parents have passed away, but that little boy's still alive, and he's still serving God. Amen. The covens don't exist anymore. They were totally dissolved, totally broken up, never to be assembled again. They were scrambling around trying to find a place to meet, but they couldn't find it. Why? Forgiveness of sins. See, we don't think this is that important. There are even preachers that preach. You don't have to keep going to God asking for forgiveness. Will you do what you do? You let me do the word. You understand what I'm saying? He's done too much. Why would I not acknowledge every time I'm before him? Who I am without him. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so this has great power. And the church has overlooked it because we're always looking for the next great revelation, the next great shiny thing, the next toy to play with. When it's always the basics of living for God that will get us over. So so Jesus tells them, whoever sends you, remit, they are remitted unto them. Whoever sends you, retain, they are retained. The church was able to reach great power just in obeying this principle. Amen. Because we see on the day of Pentecost, the church was assembled there. It looks like there were many more people assembled at first, but little by little they began to drift off. Why? Probably not obeying this principle like they were supposed to. But the ones who obeyed it were given greater power. See, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit that comes upon you, that clothes you, 
in the righteousness of God and clothes you with power from on high. Why? To witness, to be a greater witness for God. So the the power of God increases as we obey what we're already given. Sometimes you won't get to square B unless you perfect square A. You can't just go around and collect anointings and collect empowerments from God. You have to be faithful with the ones that he gives you. Amen? And many people, you know, they keep trying to, to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, can't, can't quite pray in tongues, right? And it's usually some hang-up here. Amen? Some hang-up in their forgiveness, some hang-up in their their faithfulness and diligence to the word. Your continual forgiveness allows you to be able to expect more from God. Purity always expects more. There is no law against righteousness. And as long as you walk hand in hand with God and walk in his righteousness, your faith begins to grab out for things that you couldn't have believed for on your own or without that. And so your faith will increase. Your your ability to believe him increases as you're able to release from your heart those that have wronged you. You're able to release and not keep meditating on what, what people do wrong and nurse it. You know, we have to learn to let some things go because they're, they're a hindrance between us and God. If you're a new creature, be a new creature. If God has redeemed you, walk in that redemption. Amen. So we need to understand that there are no exceptions. Amen. To the forgiveness rule. When Jesus released it to the disciples here, he meant for it to be a rule for everyone. So <clears throat> there are some people we know that that love to hate. We were all like that before we knew the Lord. And we need to release that so that God can bring us into true fellowship with him, true harmony with him. We can't be harmonious with God if we're not harmonious with with people who are made in his image. So many times, you know, you you'll think about things and you think it's okay to dislike people. Amen. And and want to dump negative feelings toward them or words on them or or that kind of stuff uh, because we think they deserve it because they wronged us. But that is something that God wants us to let go of and let him handle it. And you don't watch to see what bad things happen to people because they did you wrong. Amen. That in itself is is just wickedness. You, you've got to really let things go. God is the only judge. You know, he's the only one qualified to judge because he's righteous in all things. Our righteousness, you know, we, we're righteous to a, for a minute and then we just jump on the bandwagon the next. You know, we, something happens wrong. We're ready to go down the wrong road again. And so we, we need to have it, it refreshed and restored. These times of refreshing the Bible talks about that comes in the presence of the Lord. Just get along with God and let Him deal with that. God, I don't know why I don't feel comfortable around this person. I, it's something there. And I want to feel comfortable. So God, will you, will you help me with that? Just deal with it. I know we, I haven't been friends with that person. We've been estranged, but it's time for that to end. Amen. It's time for us to come together again. And so that's why God, the sins of mankind were laid on God so we can live in harmony with one another. Amen. He wants all his kids to get along. 
Amen. Everybody wants the family to get along. I want anybody to be estranged. And that's why Jesus paid for it. The price has already been paid for that. Amen. You're not, you're not really paying for anything by letting stuff go. But we think we're doing something grand and wonderful when we forgive people. It's just necessary. It's necessary. It really is to stay in harmony with God. So that's why God laid the sins on him for an atonement. It laid it on his son to show us an example of how somebody who was totally sinless all his life now has taken the blame for everything so that we don't have to take the blame for anything either. You know, he's not telling you to blame yourself. He's telling you to let go of the whole thing. Just let me have that. It's a mess in your hands, and it's causing a messy relationship between us. So let me have it so that we can get it out of here and we can move on. Amen. And love expects the best, expects good things to happen. Love doesn't think about people and and dread being around them. That's not love. See, love believes all things, hopes all things, believes that people are good. And will do you good. And if they don't, you can still live. It's not the end of the world. It won't crush you. And so it, it just, and it's not just being optimistic. I don't know. It's, it's deeper than that. It's a firm conviction that God is in control of things and, and people are going to be who God wants them to be. They don't have to be the way you want them to be for you to get along with them or for you to like them. You're, you're not the boss of everybody's life. All of a sudden, you know, we have we have to learn this, folks, It's because, you know, you see it hinder so many people, just tons of people. One minute they're talking encouraged and the next minute the devil's got them again. You know, they're back at the nonsense again. And so if we're going to walk with God, we got to really walk with God like Enoch did. He was not Amen. We're not. We're dead to sin. We're alive to righteousness. We want to stay in that righteousness zone where everything is, is a blessing and everything's encouraged. So, so, so in, in, in understand this, that, that man is a fallen being. So offenses are going to come. We don't do everything right. Even the ones of us who think we're qualified to judge everybody, we don't do everything right either. You understand what I'm saying? And, and God soon shows that to us. Amen. If it weren't for him uh, carving out a path for us to walk in, just leave you on your own, man, you'd be a hot, hot mess. And so we we need to just just really focus on that. You know, sometimes it's good to take a day where you go through all the forgiveness scriptures and look at the rich, the richness that's involved in that and how wonderful that is. Amen. Uh, I was watching it. I saw uh, where Mel Gibson is going to have another uh, a sequel to The Passion of the Christ. And 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 see, he 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 did the first movie, he said, because he was a mess in his life. He said he was very, very depressed, even though he was successful in his career and made a lot of money. Uh, he drank a lot. Uh, and he, he, it hurt his family. He saw where relationships were being sacrificed. And he said it just came to him one time to just meditate on the cross and what Jesus had done. And he's Catholic, but he said that he began to do that 
And little by little, he got delivered from everything that was bothering him. He sobered up. He quit uh, being so depressed and fearful about things. And God began, began to deal with him. He said, you're a movie maker. Why don't you put this into the form of a movie so everybody can have the experience that you had? Amen. And so he's made up his mind to do it again. Now, in the meantime, look what happened in his personal life. Amen. Broke up his marriage, adultery, but it doesn't stop him from obeying God. See, if his experience of, of, of meditating on the cross and realizing his sins were forgiven, if that was real, then why wouldn't he step into the arena again and start to represent God again? See, he can tell us all something. We can learn something from everybody who has experience with God. See, he's doing better than a lot of our, our hotshot preachers are. They sin and mess up and you almost don't hear from them again. Because they don't learn how to crawl their way back to prominence. And if I don't get prominent again like I was the first time around, at least I have relation. God, if it's just that I know I'm forgiven, that's good enough for me. I'll walk in that for the rest of my time here on earth. I don't have to be the biggest name out there. Maybe I wasn't supposed to be that to begin with. Maybe that was my problem. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, loving Jesus, being right with him, that's all there is to Christianity, folks. The rest of it, if you get it, is icing on the cake. That's wonderful. If that's what God has planned for you, go for it. But don't ever sacrifice that relationship that starts out in forgiveness and ends in forgiveness. When you are breathing your last breath, God is there to make sure all your sins are forgiven so that he can receive you into heaven. Amen. Amen. So we need to understand that, that people are fallen beings. You know, we, we commit sin. The carnal man is a lawbreaker. Amen. Attentional or not, we still offend. We still have to ask forgiveness. We have to, you know, I didn't mean to sound that way, you know, and it wasn't against you. I don't know what it was, but please forgive me, you know, that kind of thing. Just don't be above humbling yourself to people. Amen. And we offend sometimes. Everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. Some more than others, <laughs> we think. Amen. But sin really is an offense against God and his law. It's not so much against one another. So your primary source of, of everything good in your life, that has to be maintained. So we have to understand that, that offenses are, are, we're talking about breaking the law against one another. We're not talking about they said something to me and it hurt my feelings. You know, I mean, it's good if you can get that taken care of. But that's not the primary cause here. You know, some people's feelings get hurt if you tell them what time of day it is. You know, I got to watch. You know, what you talking to me for? You know, you understand what? So, so we're not talking about that. Those things are easily erased because God sees that as just, you know, you, you, uh, the cost of living close to somebody. Your words will be misinterpreted. You know, your your 
the strength of your voice will be thought to be something else. Um, the timidity in your voice will be misunderstood, misinterpreted by people. You know, you don't take my meekness for weakness. Well, why don't you be strong sometime? Then we'll know who you are. Amen. If you're strong, sound strong. Don't be afraid to sound strong. Amen. Come on now. It's you only go through this life one time, folks. Let's get it right as much as possible. Amen. So, so when when we under these are misunderstandings and and offenses can occur, somebody can feel hurt by what you say. And and then you have to go to that person and say the Bible says if your brother offends you, you go to him. You got to make it right, amen. You you go to somebody. Don't go to everybody else. You know, and get them all inflamed. You know, we watch each other to see which ones will get get wound up at our words. We like being around them people. Come on, y'all. Come on now. We just gonna live right. If we gonna live right, let's live right. But amen, Poppy. We gotta live right. Amen. Nothing good comes from living wrong. We've done that long enough. Amen. <laughs> Oftentimes the offenses are like a, um, uh, uh, sticky glue. We pass them on to other people. Amen. And we feel good sometimes when we can pass them on to people. You know, evil likes agreement too, just like righteousness does. You know, you feel good when somebody agrees with your nonsense and your shenanigans. So, and sin is inherited from person to person and generation to generation. It's, it's picked up very, very easily. And there is a penalty in our body, our physical bodies for sin. The wages of sin is death. You ever had a backache out of nowhere and you keep thinking about what somebody did to you and you think, I wonder if this is, <laughs> you get enlightened all of a sudden. I wonder if this has anything to do with, oh Lord, okay, forgive me Lord, I forgive so and so. And then it eases up. It's automatic, amen. So whatever deeds are done in our bodies, we get the recompense for it. Amen. You get the reward for what's done in your body. Amen. So that's why it's always good to keep short accounts so that at least you're not holding that into yourself when you can release it to the Lord and let God have it. Amen. Let God have it. Jesus settled the issue of continual forgiveness and how important it is. And this was even before his death, burial, and resurrection. In John 18, we see it in verse 19. It says, Then the high priest then asked Jesus and his disciples of his doctrine. And Jesus, let me think, where is it? Hold on a second. This isn't where it is. Ay, ay, ay. Oh, come on, Barb, you had it. I'm going to have to skip over this one for, for right now. But it's, I, in fact, I used it last week, I think, in one of my Facebook posts where Jesus told Peter, Peter asked how often he had to forgive his brother. And he said seven times 
And Jesus said, no, 70 times 7. That 70 times 7, whenever 7s are used, it's God's perfect number. So it's not a literal 7. It really means until God says you're done, you do it. Amen. And so 70 times 7 means that continually, without stopping, all the time, without exception. Amen. And so when when we understand this about God, he wants forgiveness to flow from us continually. Amen. A continue. Why? Because he wants his presence, his power, his love, all the fruit of the spirit to flow from us continually, nonstop. And if that's to happen, we can't plug up. We can't dam up the dam with unforgiveness. Amen. And so when 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 we understand the importance of this to God for us, we understand that there are certain keys to to life and keys to understanding God and keys that must be exercised properly on a continual basis before God can begin to trust us and entrust to us his power and his anointing. And so when Jesus told him 70 times 7 in one season, I mean, and, and, he's, and really what he was talking about was in a day. That was the implementation. In uh, the um, uh, the implication there was seventy times seven in one day. In other words, you are to be a font of forgiveness, a continual blessing in the earth, not holding anything. You know where somebody's forgiven you and you're holding a grudge, all that kind of stuff. Those days are over for us, and and most of us know it. But I'm telling you, the enemy is slick and he's cunning. And he always lays traps for us to get involved in a bunch of nonsense. Thank you, Nola. Matthew eighteen twenty seven. Boy, I was way off, but anyway, eighteen twenty seven. Thank you very much. Yeah, and 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 so when we understand all of the things that God has in store for us, uh, and and wants us to have these things. Then, then we can freely give. You know, that's, that's the essence of this life is to freely give what we have received. Don't be stingy about anything. If you love God, you'll be free in your, your uh, finances. You'll be free in your prayers. You'll be free in your worship. You won't be holding back wondering if how much of this do I have to do now for God to bless me. You understand what I'm saying? He, we don't live like that as believers. It's like, hey, whatever is on the plate, on the agenda, you know, you got to do it. If God has blessed you to be able to, to be in a position to help other people, the Bible says it's a sin for you to withhold it if, if it's within your power to do it. And so we, we gotta understand this stuff does not belong to us, it belongs to God. You know, I was, this week I was, uh, uh, I, I think finished with my house, I've said that so many times, and, and then God reminded me, this is not your house, it's mine. <laughs> He said, don't you always tell people you don't have nothing to say about this? When it's, when it's ready, I'll let you know. And I'm thinking to myself, well, well, Lord, I'm sitting here and, and money keeps going out. And he said, yeah, and I keep supplying it. He said, but I know what you like. 
and there are certain things that will please you. He said, I'd rather have you in a good mood every day. Amen. <laughs> Instead of looking at stuff and wondering when it's going to, you know, get fixed and all that. And and it's been a blessing for me. I look at this scripture. I, I got Bridget and made her help me put a decal scripture on the wall. Now, you know, that kind of stuff really ain't my shot. You know, because number one, I'm thinking, boy, if I mess this up, it's messed up big. And But every time I look at it, I think about uh, the miracle that God has done, period, with me. I, I just look at it. It's, it's Psalms 18, 118. I forget the, the rest of it. Uh, this is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. Amen. And I think, I said, well, this house is a marvel when you think about it. I'm a miracle. Everything that God has done is a miracle, and, and it's just a blessing. And I just really enjoy people seeing that. Uh, and I enjoy seeing it, you know, every time I come over, you know, and, and I'm blessed. You know, Rebecca's staying with me now so she can be close to school. She's got peace. I've got peace. And we got new stuff to look at almost every day. <laughs> we just go in the, in the foyer now and stare. I think the kitchen, we stayed in there staring for a while. Now we're in the foyer staring. It's just Wow, I just like this, you know. So it's it's and it it makes your life more pleasant, you know. And it's good to have that to share with other people, you know. And and it's a blessing. So if we can walk in love and forgiveness, forgive first, love second. Don't think about trying to love somebody without forgiveness in your heart toward everyone. Because it comes out goofy and crooked. We're just into works then when, when we do that. And it, and it never works. You ever see people that, I've tried my best to get along with so and so and they still, see, it's, they're doing it in their own strength. See, if you just let forgiveness, uh, be your, your calling card and, and walk in love toward all men, you won't have these projects you working on and they never respond to you, you know? Uh, and, and God wants us to live above that and just let him know he working on people. He working on you first though. He gonna get you straight if, if nobody else does. He, <laughs> that's gonna happen. Amen. If we're gonna live right before him. Well, Lord, we thank you for your, your love, your kindness, your understanding, Lord. And I thank you. This is a good thing to end the year and begin the year in forgiveness, Lord. That just like you ended your earthly ministry in forgiveness, you began it in forgiveness, and you'll come back for those who have a loving and forgiving heart toward you and toward all. And so we just thank you, Lord. We bless you. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you. And. Uh...